0: Hi friends and welcome back to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast. How are you doing this fine Wednesday? I hope you're having a good week and I hope you enjoyed Monday's episode with Sarah when we really were getting into so many different areas of well-being. It really got me thinking about where I'm at and what I'm doing particularly to nurture myself. So massive thank you to Sarah for joining us and for everything that she shared in this episode. And I'm really pleased to Share this episode with you. This is someone who I know is a, a long time listener to the show, massive, massive supporter of the show, which I really appreciate. I appreciate everyone that tunes in, uh, that listens, that shares the show. I really appreciate you for taking the time to listen to us now. Um, and Nate has been a, a, a long time <laughs> enthusiastic supporter of us. I don't know how long he's been listening, how long we've been connected, but I joined him on his show, the Life Tips Podcast, well, sometime last year. Um, And finally, Nate has reciprocated and joined us on the show. And so today he's really sharing his journey with mental health and how that's kind of progressed and the impact of COVID and lots of things that maybe lots of us have kind of wrestled with of finding our own path and um, figuring out what works for us. So um, I really appreciate Nate taking the time to join us. And a little note before we dive in, uh, obviously this is true of every guest that we have on when they're sharing their personal experience, that it is just that, it's their personal experience, their perspective, their opinions, and it, it's not saying that this is absolutely 100% the way to to see things, uh, to do things Um and I always love hearing the way that people experience things and and see the world as a way of expanding my horizons and and looking at things slightly differently. Uh, and Nate does share about his faith, which is something that's really important to him. Uh, but as you know, we are a non faith based podcast. So again, whatever you believe or don't believe is awesome. Um, but just uh, a note on that there. It's um Nate's perspective and experience he's sharing and I really appreciate him taking the time to join us to share it with us. So that's everything for now we're going to dive in and I'll be back super quickly at the end. Hi everyone and I'm really really happy to welcome today's guest who is a friend of mine that I've met through the world of podcasting I've been a guest on his show and finally He is a guest on our show. So, Nate, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, I'm
1: Nate. I am from the U.S. I'm not far from the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, I am an inspirational speaker, podcast host, and a rep in the insurance world by day.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And uh, yeah, it's lovely to finally chat to you on the show. So thanks so much. And I know you're a regular listener uh, of the show and that mental health is something that you've been, I think, thinking about more um, in your life over the last kind of few years. I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, sure. No. Um, For me, I grew up in the church and so in the church, we tend to sweep mental health under the rug and paint it as, oh, all you need is Jesus and, you know, prayer. And we tend to prophesy over mental health and think that we can, you know, just do away with mental health with just one one word, one person. And... From a theological standpoint, that is true. It is possible to be touched by Jesus, and boom. But that hasn't happened since Bible times. I mean, not saying it can't happen now, but, you know, yeah. Like, we have regular life. We have processes and things like that, and so... Now, it's get, it's getting better. We've, we're getting better. Now, we are starting to be a little bit more balanced, preaching Jesus and therapy. Uh, so if you need to go see a therapist, please go see one. I can recommend a ton of people to you, at least off the top of my head. But yeah, that's a little bit of my backstory, just so that you know what I'm about to explain next took quite some time. Not only grew up in church, but I pretty much grew up in a small sector of the Black community out here by the Washington football team stadium, which is like 10 minutes away from where I live. And I'll never forget traveling to my dream school at 17, 18. And that's when I really started like focusing in on myself, what I wanted for my life, et cetera, et cetera, and not being trapped under, oh, what do parents and siblings think and all this other stuff. So, but the one thing that I didn't really consider at that time was my mental health until 2016. That's when I started really getting into my mental health. And I always say this, I always mention this on every specific mental health uh, discussion, but I would like to shout out my uh, adopted sister, Ashley Burton, because she was the one that got me into mental health in the first place. She is a insanely good mental health advocate, Uh, I went to a handful, I'll say, of her speaking engagements in 2016 and 2017, and she spoke about mental health. She spoke about, you know, depression and suicidal thoughts and the major PTSD and all those major mental health stuff that we typically associate when we say the words mental health. But mental health isn't just, oh, I'm a psychologist and I work in the mental health field. Mental health isn't just, oh, I've been diagnosed with something. Mental health comes down to mental wellness. And so ever since 2016, I started studying it more and then I started looking at my own self and seeing, okay, what is about me and my mental health that I need to take a deeper look at, that I need to correct, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things I realized for myself was that I'm not diagnosed with any other mental disability except one, I have a learning disability. But outside of that, I'm not really diagnosed with anything but I, there are things that disturb my peace, there are things that disturb my spirit, and there are things that bother me, and there are things that bring me joy. So when I started relating mental health to my own experience and taking it out of the big overall picture that everyone usually thinks of, then I was able to really you know, pay attention to everything. And so I spent 2017 figuring out what I gravitated towards most. And then 2018 and and 2017, but but mostly those two years were the years of upgrading myself. Like my whole wardrobe was horrible at that time. Like all I had was high school stuff, didn't fit me. I looked horrible in it. I'm like, all right, I need to go on a massive shopping spree to like fix myself up, look better, et cetera, et cetera. So my mentor started getting me hip to slim fit clothing. And I started going to the H&Ms and the Zara's and the Express and all those other trendy stores to shop for myself. And I found that not only was I finding things I liked for myself, I found things that were extremely inexpensive. So then I started getting into accessories and learning how much of that plays a part in your overall style. And so I realized that style is one of the ways I can have a positive impact on my mental health journey. And then on a more holistic note, relationships are like the biggest thing that helps with my uh, with my mental health journey because, well, again, God, Jesus, and therapy. Um, I do have a self-care life coach. She's probably going to listen to this when I send it to her. But I have friends, best friends, accountability partners. There are literally people that are a part of my life that need to be with me almost every other day because anything ha- anything can happen. Um, I'll be spending time by yourself, alone time. that also helps, you know, with my mental health journey. I mean when in the, when there's no virus, I'm going to parks, I'm going to walks in the neighborhood. I've got the podcast world. I've got so many things that help me like work on myself and stay busy so that I'm not sitting by myself in my own thoughts. That is the worst thing that I can do for myself. And that's the worst thing that you can do for yourself is to just sit in your own thoughts, especially if you're like me and you had to work for a lot of things and you didn't really have the upbringing that everybody else had, where you stuff was just clockwork that also, you know, play a part in your overall mental health journey. And so my mental health journey didn't exist until 2016. And then in 2016, it just, just, it took off basically. I started small, worked my way up. Five years later, I'm pretty much here. Um, Got into podcasting a year ago, found Hannah's podcast within months and podcasting helps with my mental health like crazy Mm -hmm. and I'm not just saying that because I'm a podcast host I'm saying that because in addition to my own show there are 15 16 other shows that I listen to on a weekly basis and I've tracked when every I track when every show releases so almost every day of the week there's a podcast show that comes out and so I make it a point to sit down and listen to each show per day as it comes out. So I'll listen to it at work when I'm working from home. I will listen to it when I'm chilling. I'll listen to it at night before I go to sleep. That's just overall just a bridge, an umbrella of how I started my mental health journey when I started it and what I've been doing all the way up to this point to keep myself intact and as we continue on I'll mention a little bit about uh, specifically the last year of mental health coming into this year but I know Hannah wants to say something
0: (laughs) yeah well absolutely I wanted to kind of pick up on a, a couple of things you said and absolutely that mental health I think sometimes we've got quite a narrow idea of what comes up and it's one of the reasons on the show that we talk about mental wellness because as you said you don't some people listening may have a diagnosed mental health condition so you mentioned like PTSD or they might have diagnosed depression or anxiety, for example, but we all have a mental world. We can all struggle at times, even if we haven't met that kind of line in the sand that says, oh yeah, now, now you've got a, a condition. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really important point and it's absolutely what we're about here that we can all benefit, I think, from thinking about our, our mental health. Um, and you mentioned some of the things that help you. And I think style is so interesting because it's one that, it can really help us like express how we're feeling and our personality, whether it's like the colors that we wear that can reflect. I mean, it's really funny actually. I've I've been binge watching Scandal at the moment uh, on Prime, but it's, they use clothes in a really clever way to kind of um, reflect the mood or what's going on for the main character. And I think maybe not to that extent, do we do it day to day, but we definitely Mm -hmm. can at times if we're feeling down, we maybe we'll dress in kind of more I, I feel I dress a bit more like beige and gray and like ugh, comfy stuff because that's kind of how we're feeling. Um, and finding our style, like you said, you did can be a big part of developing kind of how we feel about ourselves, I guess. um and you mentioned about support and amazing how much support you've got um kind of around you, and that idea of knowing yourself and self-awareness which is mean like. I love to uh, to talk about all the time as well um so yeah so you mentioned over the last year and obviously you started this journey this kind of thinking about your mental health and that support and all of that how has the last year or so been for you with lockdown and coronavirus and all of that
1: wow so I had a routine before the virus came and I've never really talked about this but here we go so typically, and I do mean typically, because some of you all are uh, some of you all are young listening to this, typically, after you go through your little not little after you go through your long stretch of primary school from pre-K uh, all the way to 12, this is generally what happens. Generally, you go to college for the most part. You graduate in four or five years, generally, and then you find a job, you start your life, and then boom, that's generally how it happens. And a big part of actually finding that job post-college also relates into like where the job is going to be, especially if you've lived in one place your whole life. Like I know a few people who have lived in the same place their whole life like myself and they are just so excited to like see the world but yeah that's generally how it happens that didn't quite happen for me so because of that i ended up basically creating my own life and you know yeah i found job and business success but the hardest part was putting my life together in terms of what was I going to do outside of work, especially considering that my whole business career is here. So that was literally the hardest part about coming back home, leaving college, even like leaving Liberty, After the one year that I spent there and then leaving college altogether in 2016, months before I started getting into my mental health journey. And the reason why I'm blabbering on about this is because in that year, 2016, prior to the summer when I started my mental health journey, it was horrible. I felt completely alone. Um, All I had was family, church, like all my friends were gone, literally so the disconnect was just horrible and i probably had some de- i had probably had some depressive moments and so long story short because of changing my life around and creating the life that i want for myself over the last several years since 2017 2018 that I really got into it, I created a routine. So when I'm not working, and I mean like working, working, or working on stuff for the podcast, the brand, et cetera, et cetera, I'm typically gone. Like I'm in DC around like the monument, the White House, that general area of DC Northwest, love that area. I'm in Silver Spring, which for those of you all who are in my state you know that silver spring is like big city here um it's literally a mini city there's a bunch of attractions there's a concert venue movie theaters there's apartment buildings literally within walking distance so you can live there and have a whole life there's bars and lounges and yeah it's basically like a mini dc uh that's connected to dc but that's my point like i had a life before coronavirus so when coronavirus came and it shut down everyone's life it really hurt it really sucked because yeah i could still go to work and flip-flop between working at the office and working from home but that was it That was all we could do, and that was because of the mandatory lockdowns. There were mandatory lockdowns for a good four months-ish last year, but then here in the states, because different states have different governments and they can decide what they want to do, different states started saying, hey, it's June, it's July, we're seeing stuff go down, let's open back up now. No more lockdowns. So one by one, different states decided we're going to open back up to a certain percent of capacity so we can get life back on track and not be everyone stuck in the house. And the only place you can go is the grocery store or gas. So when that happened, I was like, yes, finally. So I start getting all my calendars together, making plans, and then throughout these last couple of rocky months, cases go up, cases go down. And so for me, I had my church because we went virtual and we stayed virtual. So the fact that we stayed virtual allowed me to be on time for services and Bible study and stuff like that every week. So I had that connection. I was always calling, checking on church family members. So I had that and I had family. Uh, but when the lockdowns actually hit, it became abundantly clear that I needed to step up what i had already been doing for years. Because I have been meeting people online for almost a decade, almost, since 2013. So I've gotten used to meeting people online and bridging that gap and bringing people into real life with me and not having to always go out and meet someone face to face to establish a connection. The rest of the world had not gotten hip to that. So when the virus came, I'm sitting back like, welcome to my world, guys. Let me teach you how to meet people online. Not really, but let me just show you that you can meet people online. You can connect with people through your FaceTime, through Zoom, Google chats, et etc., et and still keep the core face-to-face connection, the core human connection of seeing someone's face, looking at their expressions. Like that's what Hannah and I are doing right now. We can see each other. So that's part one, like that's part one of the story. Part one is just like, this is how I kept up my life and kept up with the people that were already in my life because we all had to adjust. And while my friends decided, okay, when the world, when the world opened back up, okay, we're going to move about carefully and safely follow the guidelines and all that, but we're not going to be in the house all the time. We're still going to go back out there and live our life and do what we do. They did. And watching from afar, it was like, wow. Unlike what the news is saying, it's actually possible to live your life, not get Corona And still have to like, yeah, you got to wear a mask. Yeah, you got to social distance. But it's still possible to go out and live life and enjoy life the way that you've always been doing it. And plus, when you hang around people that are not positive and who have been vaccinated, you got nothing to worry about. So that's part one. I'll make part two brief. Part two is all the people that I met as a result of the coronavirus. So... Thanks to the coronavirus coming and putting us all indoors, I had a podcast to run, so I couldn't just do nothing. So I worked and ran my podcast basically for months. And I met almost 50-plus amazing people, including Hannah. And Hannah was my first out-of-the-country connection, friend, etc., etc. Before Hannah, I'd never met anyone from outside the US. And so now it's like, wow, my international connections are starting to skyrocket now. It's booming and I'm meeting more people from New York. I'm gonna go see the world when this is all over in just a couple of months. And I can't believe I'm saying just a couple of months because I was actually predicting that it would be Thanksgiving, Christmas of this year before we were actually back to normal. But no, it seems like the process is speeding itself up to the point where we can go back outside again by like spring, summertime-ish. So if that's the case, then shoot, that's what I've been doing over the last year. I've been keeping up with family and the friendships that I had prior to Corona. And then I've been adding a plethora of new people to my circle since Corona. And that's basically helped keep my mental health intact, primarily outside of, of course, church, God, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll make this third point brief: not watching the news, because as we all know, 2020 was not just the pandemic. 2020 was all the Black Lives Matter stuff and the racial inequality and the fights and the violence and the protesting and the election and not watching the news like i of course paid attention to the news but i always tell people this and people don't believe me but it's true twitter is my news feed all of my news all of my information on what's going on in the world entertainment etc etc comes from twitter i do not sit i don't sit in front of my tv and watch fox 5 and cnn for hours i don't watch the news it's Depressing, the news is toxic. Talk about a toxic relationship. The news is toxic. That's all we wanna talk about is the negativity, the death, the extra strands of Corona that keep popping up. No, watching the news during lockdown was not the move. I tried it, but it was just like, no, I can't because every day, every couple of days, it's the same story. New case, another person's dead over and over and over again. So I'm just like, nope, I'm done. I'm going to avoid the news to protect my mental health. Just like what Prince Harry avoided the paparazzi to protect his mental health and moved his whole family to LA. Like sometimes you got to do that stuff. So because I haven't been paying attention to the news like that and I've just been getting little bits and pieces of information, I've protected my mental health. I've kept myself at peace and I have a much better perspective on life and on where things are going so that when we do get the all clear to go back outside i can just it's like nothing happened nothing changed it's just life and i can create the future that i want for myself finally
0: yeah it's um. well I think when this episode comes out we'll kind of be in springtime so it'll be interesting to see <laughs> if things mm-hmm. are kind of going as we hope they will but I think it's as you said you were already very much in the online space and connecting with people which I think for people who are already kind of comfortable in that space and is already part of the way that they normally function it was maybe a easier transition than people right. who were completely a lot of people um, that I know and I'm not one of these people I'm a real introvert <laughs> but kind of extroverts who love being out a lot socializing out with people and who maybe aren't as as um, technically literate or comfortable mm. that's been um, a big adjustment and you know and and some things where you know I've been doing some courses that traditionally would be absolutely face-to- face there's no way this can happen online suddenly oh <laughs> we can adapt online so i think there's some positives uh, around there but uh, on your news i think it's interesting that you get everything from twitter i mean i would be a bit mindful of uh, the kind of echo chamber effect or the fake news or whatever of people's opinions being um but the u.s news from my <laughs> limited experience you have got very fearmongering news i think ours also can be very negative and that's the things that are newsworthy isn't it And you get caught up in that but I remember I might have mentioned this before when uh, a few years ago now several years ago now uh, we went to Vancouver and watching the Canadian news versus the U.S. news on the TV and there's such a difference and also some some British comedians have kind of made a comment on I think it was Ebola and the British Mm -hmm. coverage and the U.S. coverage and I do think a lot of your media outlets do really hype up the fit so I think whatever news you're consuming being really mindful of how much you consume is just a really good tip for mental health because it can be mm-hmm. so easy to kind of get caught up in those messages which obviously it's, it's some of it is factual yeah. some of it is mm-hmm. uh, kind of extrapolated or whatever or is entertainment I think some of your <laughs> your news shows right, are right. More entertainment um than they are news yeah
1: no, that's that's true. Like the news is not always the stuff that we consume from actual media outlets, but because of living in the US, uh, that is the one thing that we that we love the most, like from a human perspective. We love music, we love our music artists and we love our entertainment industry and our movies. Hannah loves Marvel. So everyone, Almost that I and every every comic book fan that I can think of who's either on the DC or the Marvel side, we all love this stuff. And thankfully, that part of the pandemic has finally come back because oh man, for the longest time they kept delaying shows from coming back, and I'm like, where are my shows? Stop delaying stuff because you can't film. Ugh. But then they came back, they started filming, and now we have stuff on disney plus and on netflix we can finally watch i need to watch wandavision before i forget but um yeah um i I
0: don't know if this was the same in the u.s but mm -hmm. obviously the the same there was the shutdown of musicians not able to make music of films and tv shows although things like eastenders like which is one of our soaps like a not quite a sitcom but that kind of show they were still kind of filming Mm -hmm. and I i don't normally watch it um, but I watched the New Year's Eve special because it featured the Samaritans and I volunteered for them and there was no social distancing and we were in lockdown and it was like they'd obviously filmed it before so it was quite like oh they're gonna get a fine they shouldn't be having a party but there were lots of things like the National Theatre that made some of their tape performances available for free for people to watch so there was this let's put some of our amazing stuff that yes we can't do it in person we we can't make new stuff but let's put some of this stuff out so that people Mm -hmm. can have that entertainment and it can be there to support them through this and I don't know if you had similar in the U.S.
1: In the U.S. that's exactly what we did because every every celeb every celebrity every artist that I know of started going live on Instagram during the pandemic to keep all their fans connected because we we had our internet and we had you know, our our devices, phones, computers, et cetera, et cetera. And our power stayed on for the most part. So we had that. And that's how we connected to the entire world while we were in lockdown and stay-at-home orders and stuff like that. And it worked tremendously. Like Even our music artists kept dropping albums and songs and stuff like that. And it was just like... Wow, so pretty much the only thing we haven't been able to do is go to concerts. That's basically it. We haven't been able to go to concerts, but I mean, Zoom and Google and services like that, Apple, they all saw massive booms because people needed to stay connected and we did. And then when the world opened back up, we found safe ways to protect people and you know where we could still go out, leave our homes, and enjoy life again. And now, oh my goodness, now we're pretty much normal again, almost. I mean, yes, the vaccines are rolling out slowly. Where I'm at, we haven't gotten our vaccines, but a lot of people around the US are getting vaccinated as we speak. And they're talking about herd immunity by April-ish, which is still possible. Um, I'm personally predicting, May, June, July, like the main major summertime piece here in the US and around the world. But like, yeah, as for just that and staying connected during Corona, that's basically what we did too. We basically did the same thing and it's helped keep us together. And you mentioned the education system. Oh yeah. I'll never forget last year, 2020 graduations. That was crazy. Like People were begging, like this one dude got on Twitter and begged the Obamas to do their, to just speak for their commencement. And they did. Uh, and it worked. And so that's how the internet helped 2020 graduates move forward because they couldn't walk. Everyone who is in college and in high school knows that when you get to the end of either high school or college, you want to get on that stage walk across and have everyone taking your pictures and celebrate with you like that. We couldn't do that in 2020. So we had virtual graduations and it would seem we're doing the same thing this year in 2021. But next year in 2022, we should be able to have face-to-face graduations again Mm -hmm. and different things like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. weddings and oh my goodness, it's so much that is coming back that we had to go virtual for just for these last two years.
0: Yeah. it's so funny because uh, we don't have a graduation at the end of like the equivalent of your high school it's only mm-hmm. at the end of university so your, wow. your college equ- equivalent but I know um, you know for a lot of young people in particular yeah it's such an unsettling time because you know you'd mentioned about having to kind of look at your life and that there's that kind of expected life map this is what you do and then you do this and you do this and that you created a different route for yourself but for a lot of young people who've gone through the kind of the university the college system it's that I'm going to graduate and then maybe I'm going to travel for a bit or I'm going to find a role or this is what I'm going to do in that summer in between it and it's like a rite of passage almost it's like the thing that maybe they've been looking forward to and suddenly and and I think that is um has been really tough for a lot of young people or that you know, they might have been working all that time towards that dream job or that dream, whatever it is, and and maybe it's different or maybe it has not been able to happen at all and it's kind of delayed. And I think that a lot of us, probably most of us, have have found it challenging. But yeah, I think I feel especially for, for young people at that kind of point of their lives.
1: 2020 was a engagement boom. Like literally the most people that I, the the most amount of people single digit wise that have like gotten engaged during the pandemic making history which is like enormous astronomical i dated someone during the pandemic and it is just amazing to see that still is happening cuz everyone's like oh social distance oh Wear your mask. That's not stopping people from falling in love, getting engaged, marrying, and creating families. Even though they've had to shove the big celebration with tons of people into the future, which a lot of people have done. Hannah herself has done that with her fiance. And this is the year that we're gonna finally come back to that and yeah, I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, hopefully all being well. I mean, I was thinking about you said about the engagement boom, and I and I know of some people who maybe they weren't gonna live together and suddenly it was like, well, let's do lockdown together. And maybe it's like a test for the relationship of going, Oh, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, we do get on. Maybe let's get married. Or also the flip side that people possibly also breaking up and putting that extra pressure on relationships and going, actually, maybe it you know isn't right. But yeah, mm. based on our um current timeline. Just uh, a month before my rescheduled wedding date, we should have no restrictions at all on number of people for weddings and social- So hopefully if all goes well, we should be fine. Uh, Nate, before I ask you my set questions, do you have a kind of a final thought on anything that you want to share with us?
1: Final thoughts pretty much are just like, whether you believe in God or a higher power, whatever, like make sure that make sure that you're tapping into that first and foremost, because you want to keep your spirit lifted. And then after that, obviously continue to keep your family safe. Or if the in the case that you are not with family, keep yourself safe and follow the rules, obviously, but don't stay in the house out of fear anymore. Unfortunately, that is a downside of our U.S. news. We are basically driven by the spirit of fear. And that crept into a lot of people's minds and spirits and hearts last year when the pandemic started, because all we could report on is who died next. Who did the coronavirus kill next? That's all we could focus on. And we kept focusing on it. And then of course, yeah, the election and all the political drama. But for the most part, it was who's died next. Oh, there's a new case out. We're going on more lockdowns. And eventually people got tired of it. And I got tired of it too. And COVID fatigue is real. And so at this point, it's just like, look, we need to go back outside. There's no escaping the virus. There's no wishing it didn't happen. There's just life. And by all means, I'm not saying go out and get the virus. But what I am saying is go out and live. Because as long as you are safe and you take care of yourself and you follow the rules, you'll be fine. Double mask. You'll be fine. There's nothing to worry about. Stop living in fear. Like, that's all y'all take away from this. Stop living in fear in fear. Make social plans. Make plans to hang out with your friends. Even if it's just one person. If it's just one person, go out and see that one person. Because as much praise as we give to the Zoom and the Google and the iPhones and the FaceTime and all that, you can't replace physical connection. As great as long distance is and as doable as long distance is, you really cannot function in a legitimate dating relationship or friendship relationship without face-to-face. You can't. You've got to see each other face-to-face at some point. Don't live in fear. Live with hope. Live with the hope that tomorrow is going to be amazing, that the future is going to be amazing, and that we're going to come out of this. And we now have a second chance at life, and I'm ready to take it. And really create the life that I want for myself, which is exactly what I will be mentioning in the set questions.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's let's dive in. Uh, so, as you listen to the show, you'll you'll know them already. But the first one I ask everyone is, "What brings you joy in your life?"
1: Literally, this inspiring people. I love inspiring people, speaking, influencing, etc. I love being around people. Primarily, I'm an ambivert which means I have extroverted tendencies and I have introverted tendencies. I do like to be by myself sometimes, but it's only for a few minutes. I love being around people. Screens, technology, Wi-Fi, and social media have kept me around people. That brings me joy in life. Love, love from God, family, friends, significant other that I had, Uh, But I've actually experienced all four forms of love now. And it's amazing uh, because that just brings me joy in life. Again, look at everyone who's gotten engaged this last year and into this year. I know one person who just got engaged yesterday and she met her fiance eight months ago. Literally, that's incredible. Just the simple fact that we're meeting people and we're forging new relationships with people every day, that is amazing. Uh, What also brings me joy in life is is self-improvement and taking care of yourself. I have been enjoying exercising. I tell everybody this all the time, but that's why I bought an Apple Watch. I bought a smartwatch that was going to help me exercise track my heart rate, breathe. I subscribe to Apple Fitness Plus, which basically means I don't have to go to the gym anymore. I can go to the gym at home and do all the gym workouts that you do at a regular gym from home. And I can go out and exercise in my neighborhood. Uh, Eventually, I'm going to go back to the basketball courts. And so what brings me joy in life basically is just like all that taking care of yourself, exercising, being the best version of yourself you can possibly be, being around people, taking care of your spiritual self and helping people do the same thing so that they can be the best version of themselves and keep hope alive and keep life alive because you got to.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've got a Samsung smartwatch. I'm not a. i am not I used to be Apple user, but now a I, I, uh, year or so ago, went to the dark side, maybe <laughs> Samsung. But actually, going to the gym brings me joy. So I uh, disagree with you on that, but that's cool. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's great that you know you um you know so many things that that bring you joy, and uh, yeah, thanks for sharing those. So the next question is, what makes life meaningful for you?
1: Wow. So yeah, pretty much what makes life meaningful for me is just living it and being out there and just waking up every day and figuring out how you can bring someone else joy, how you can impact somebody else. That basically is what makes life meaningful for me. It's just like, I'm not selfish. I don't care just about myself. That's why I take very much like I take caution and care when I talk about the love yourself message. That's the one thing that we've been hearing over the last year is love yourself. yes, take care of yourself let yes love yourself but loving yourself also means being open to other people. It's not good to cut yourself off from the world and from people when you are loving yourself because then, Speaking from a manifestation standpoint, you're not going to get anywhere. You can't manifest within the confines of a bubble. You can't. In order to manifest, you have to write stuff down, create your vision board, and actually take action steps to make stuff work. So for me, I'm turning 27. This year, I'm getting closer to 30. I want to settle down and start a family. So how am I going to do that and make life meaningful for me that way? you need to first, you know, get out there, meet the girl or meet, or meet the guy if you're a woman. The next step is actually getting to know each other. And that's the fun part because it takes years before you actually know whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life with said person, at which point plan for the engagement and the process of starting a family. That sounds lofty for 27, but it's just the truth. Like everybody in my age bracket doing it now. Finding love, getting married and having kids. Career accomplishments, yeah. Financial stability, yeah you know, the stock market, everyone's getting into uh you know, trading and stocks and stuff like that. That's great. College and education, that's great. But it's just like, yo, there's so many ways that you can succeed out here. Like I started a podcast, I have a speaking career and it's amazing. So like that basically is what makes life meaningful for me. You don't have to have the perfect ideal life that people think you should have in order to be successful all that's just a mean to a means to an end being able to live comfortably it's pretty much what you do with your life that matters and who you impact that matters because with everybody that we've lost this year we haven't been able to go to funerals but we have been able to do our own personal eulogies, basically, and look back on the people that we lost and remember the people that were that were there. Um, and that's the most important thing at the end of the day. We're all going to leave this place at some point. When you do go, make sure that the life that you lived was amazing to the point where you leave behind something for people that are still there and where people remember you as you were the most impactful person or you had the most impact on their life while you were here impacting people living my best life and teaching people how to do the same thing
0: yeah awesome so uh, my next two questions are about our kind of overarching topic of the podcast which I know we've already kind of talked about a bit but what does mental wellness mean to you
1: Mental wellness means a couple things to me. First, it means being at peace in life wherever that may take you. So despite not having the typical life that most people think you should have, I have a great life. I've got a career that I've established for over six years, got my podcasts, speaking engagements, which is all building up to the eventual life that I want to live post COVID, schools, universities, just getting booked every day for speaking engagements and using that to live. That's pretty much the ultimate goal where I can do what I love for a job and supporting myself and the family and be done with nine to five. But if you're not there yet, still be at peace wherever your life is at and wherever you're going in life, continue to make goals, continue to set things in motion for where you wanna go and make it work. Don't listen to what other people say, make it work for you. Being excited for where God has placed you despite other people trying to blend their your journey with someone else's or expect you to succeed similarly to other people. That's mental wellness. When you know that your life is amazing and you don't have to compare yourself to other people, that's great. And that helps you stay at peace as much as possible. That's mental wellness. That's one of the reasons why, again, I avoided the news because it was detrimental to my mental health, to my peace, to my spirit. It was just disturbing. So I stopped constantly checking for stuff. Mental wellness means not stressing over the day-to-day life stuff we all have to do, especially when it comes to money. Yes, it's expensive in the U.S., depending upon where you are, to live by yourself. But the problem is when you Teach those who are still living at home that living by yourself is this big, huge, scary monster. No, it's really not. Because when you think about it, most people that live by themselves have a handful of bills. And that's just because it's them or it's them and their significant other. It's only crazy expensive when you add kids onto it. That's when your bills really go up I and mean, when living by living by yourself is insane when you start a family. But if you're already set and you have money and multiple streams and stuff laid away, you're good. That's one thing that's contributing to mental wellness is that we're teaching people about financial literacy. We're teaching people how to manage their money and take care of themselves and make things last for their generations to come, which is going to help them not stress and be at peace and not have to go through the things that we went through. Mental wellness means cutting yourself off from people who disturb your peace. Let me say that again. Mental wellness means cutting yourself off from people who disturb your peace. Now that doesn't mean don't be cordial. That doesn't mean you see somebody that you no longer connect with, fight. No, uh, but you can't keep everyone in your life. Not everyone can go where you're going. You have to set boundaries and cut people off if necessary. That is necessary for your mental health, for your mental well being. So often our peace is disturbed by people or circumstances where we either don't fit or we just don't cohabitate properly. That's where living at home. With family and with significant others come to play in the last year. You gotta take care of your mental wellness for yourself. And the other person or other people that live with you have to do that for themselves. You cannot, let me repeat, cannot and should not be responsible for another person's mental well being at all, because then that just becomes super draining mental wellness is freedom and dis- and decision making that sustains from that said freedom and most importantly therapy jesus and therapy if you have a therapist great keep your therapist keep paying your therapist if you have a mental well-being you know if you have a if you have a mental well-being coach like Hannah if any of y'all are working with Hannah keep working with Hannah like Keep doing that because that will help you tremendously. Um, I have a self-care life coach. If you've got one, keep him or her. Having that one person that is not friends, that's not family, that you can fully open up to and say what's on your mind and say what's going on helps with your mental well-being and helps, you know, with your overall state of mind. And that's the one thing that you need to keep intact. As we go throughout the rest of this year, keep your mindset intact. That's what mental wellness means to me.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that. And and I think you've covered this within that some of those things to uh, to be mindful of for looking after your own mental well being. But is there anything else that you do to look after your own mental well being?
1: Yep, there's a lot. There's a lot more things that I'm time to cover, but I'll just mention a few. I exercise. I do go out and walk and run, have my at-home gym, I take 30, 45 minutes or whatever to be by myself every time I come home from work, every time. So when I'm in the office, I do this. I'm working from home, I don't have to do it because I'm by myself working from home so I can do it on my break or I can take little intermediate breaks and step away from my computer to stretch or to, get food or to send a text or something like that but when I'm in the office every time I come home from the office on my office weeks I spend time by myself before interacting with family and then interact with family a little bit and then I interact with friends and it's just a constant routine of doing that I go to bible study every week I go to church every week I take care of my spiritual self but then when we open back up fully and the world is back to normal I'll be gone like that's how I take care of myself. I don't stay home. I go out. I enjoy people's company. And one of the things that I will be doing in the future is progressing back into the dating world. Because if you're whole within yourself as a person, then it's much more beneficial to bring somebody else along into your life and create the life that you want together and that's definitely on my goals list before I turn at least by the time I get into my 30s I want to be in that position to get down on one knee and start a family going into my 30s so starting this year I'm going to build myself back up to that point which requires going back out into the dating world and actually dating meeting girls and that's scary. Like, that is one thing that I'll finish off with that really just takes a toll on your mental health and your mental well being. I talk about this all the time on my show because friendships and relationships, dating and relationships, it's tough when you like someone and when someone else likes you. It's tough asking someone out on a date. It's tough having conversation and communicating and stuff like that. But It's necessary. The problem comes in when we don't respect boundaries and when we don't respect mental health because the other person that you like have feelings for, et cetera, et cetera, also has their own mental health journey and has their own battles. And you got to work through it all individually and together in order to be healthy. It's all about being healthy and being the best version of yourself possible. A Matata. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So uh, my next question is, how would you describe your own mindset?
1: So my mindset is 50-50. It's opinionated and simple. So the opinionated part of my mindset basically is that I have my own thought process on most things within my realm of experience. Obviously, I'm not a fan of politics and I'm not married. So those are the top two things that I'm not really going to be talking about because I have no experience in that. But anything else, ask me how I feel about something and I'll be able to tell you, depending upon you know the subject matter. Anything else, I'm willing to have a conversation on that subject. I'll tell you how I feel about it and I'll give you helpful advice and tips for navigating it, take it or leave it, but I'm gonna help you in as much as I possibly can. And then on the simple side of my mindset, I believe certain things, biblically, theologically, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not a pastor, (laughs) not a pastor, I'm not a minister. I don't have to rack my brain around that stuff all the time. I'm also human. I deal in logic and reason. And one thing I always say to young people is that when you turn 18, take off and run. No, you don't know everything, but you're free to have your own choice in life, make your own decisions. That is the one thing that I remember doing at Liberty University when I turned 18, was by myself on college campus. I'm like, wow, I can make my own decision. I made some of the best decisions of my life and I kept making the best decisions of my life for my life and for me. And uh, that's the one thing I've learned during this pandemic. Look out for yourself, do what makes you happy. Look out for other people while you look after yourself. Do what you need to do to continue living life. Don't be held back by fear, live and let live.
0: Cool, so then uh, the next question is one of my favorites to ask, which Mm -hmm. is my top tip question. So already, I think you've given us loads of um, advice, uh, but do you have a top one to three things that you'd recommend that we try out in our own lives? I came
1: up with five of them, actually. Clearly, the first three will just relate to, you know, focusing on things, focus on yourself in the midst of handling everyday life situations. Typically, we designate time out of our day to pay all of our bills. That's great. Once you're done paying your bills... If, you're, if you feel like it, celebrate that, you know, treat yourself, you paid all your bills on time, great. Go make a smoothie or go crack open that box of cookies or something like that. Focus on yourself in the midst of handling everyday life situations, always take care of yourself. Focus on the things that are meaningful to you in life, helping other people, exercising, whatever it is, focus on the things that you love to do in life and the things that make life worth living. And then the last two things, travel and find love. Traveling. Oh, my goodness. I cannot tell you how much fun it is to travel. I went to New York for the first time ever in life in 2019. It was amazing. And I'm going to go back because it's super cheap to get there. Just go to a megabus stop, wait for the megabus to get there, get on the megabus and go and come back. You can enjoy a trip for one day. And come back the same day. And you don't need to stay for a week. Don't need to book a hotel. You can just go. So yeah, travel. Go live life. Go see a place you've never been before. Enjoy life. And then find love. That is the most important thing for me. It's just like, yo, if you can impact the next generation, the generation behind you, that's important. Do that but also you can impact the next generation that comes right from your own. And that comes with finding love, finding the person that you're meant to be with for the rest of your life, starting a family, passing on what you've learned, legacy. That's important, very important. Because without legacy, what do you have? In your, in your time, in your season. But if you're on, if you're, if you're like me, it's the time, it's the season now. And I say that because if you spent Valentine's Day by yourself, great. If you're in a single season, great. Or, you know, if you have been single before for an extended period of time, great, I did that. Now it's just like I'm getting back out there and I'm not about to be single for another year, two, three, four, five years, sheltering myself because I don't have to do that. It's all a mindset thing. And that's what we've been talking about the entire time, mindset. It's all in your mind, it all starts in your head. Living in your head is dangerous. Do not do that, please. Because when you live in your head and you live in your mind, you create fantasies about the life that you want to have and you try to bring that into reality. The problem is you can't bring everything you think about into reality. You can't manifest everything that you think about into reality. Some things take time. For the things that you can manifest, Focus on that. Put it into work. So don't stay in your mind if it's a prison. But if your mind is a free space of information, and you can just put things in place on a calendar, on a you know document, journal, write stuff down. Do that because that helps. And in the long run, it'll benefit you.
0: I'm not sure I can get a megabus to New York, um, <laughs> but I've been twice. So it's cool. Um, <laughs> my next question. This is a new one that I've um, I've started throwing in because I love to read and watch mm-hmm. TED Talks. So I'm asking one that comes on if you've got a top tip, um, or a book or a TED Talk, just the one that has had a big impact that you would recommend for us.
1: Wow. So right now, one of the top books that I have been reading for myself is Rise by Shayna Danielle who I just had on my show and we're promoting her episode like crazy right now to get the up the episode plays up and her book is pretty much about a collection of inspirational poetry that, you know, helps you rise above circumstances in your life. Another book that I'm interested in reading that I probably will go back and read is The Callback, by my friend John Tiestanay, and it's how she manifested a successful dating interview experience, and she talks about how dating and interviewing are the same thing, and so, yeah, those are like top two amazing books that you can grab and, and read, and I recommend it 100%. Books are amazing, you know, and Listen to podcasts. I've got a ton of podcast recommendations. Of course, mine, Life Tips, listen to Hannah's. There's tons of podcasts that you can listen to that are out. People are always launching podcasts left and right like crazy. So Mm. the sky's the limit. So yeah, Yeah. those those are my recommendations.
0: Awesome. Thank you for those. And so then my final question is where people can connect with you online, where they can find you. Um, I know you just mentioned your podcast, but again, if you could tell us where we can find that as well.
1: Sure. So, Life Tips podcast can be found everywhere. Um, anchor, Anchor.fm backslash Life Tips. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, you know, main platforms. You can find me on Instagram at Nate underscore the underscore speaker, Auth underscore Jen underscore person on Twitter, and um, that's where you can follow me, find me. You can. Follow me on Clubhouse at Nate J Speaks because Clubhouse is all the rage now. So um, Instagram, Clubhouse, Twitter, primarily, that's where you can find me. Keep up with me.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I'll we'll absolutely link you in the show notes and when we release on social media so people can find you easily from there. Thanks so much, Nate, for, for joining me. It's been really nice finally to, to chat on the show and, and to, to catch up. So thank you. So thanks again to Nate for joining us and sharing. Uh, as I said, I always find it so interesting to hear different perspectives, different approaches. The the UK-US kind of COVID response is uh, an example. Opinions of Twitter as a newsfeed, obviously again, another one. Um you know, it's 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 really interesting. I personally would be very mindful of what what I kind of see. On Twitter as a news source and yeah it's it's interesting and we mentioned about my wedding which fingers crossed at the moment if uh, the UK timeline goes as it looks like fingers crossed <laughs> then that should be going ahead so that's something that's on my mind at the moment and I, I just think I'm not the typical bride at all um I don't know that there is, well, I don't know if there is a way to do weddings. Um, but people ask how the wedding plan is going. And I say, I don't know what, what am I supposed to be doing? And perhaps COVID has put like a weird thing on it having to postpone and then suddenly it feels like it's come around really quickly. But who knows? Anyway, let's not talk any more about that. Because that uh, can be quite, <laughs> can be quite Oh, a thing. Uh, talking about weddings and I guess families and, and all of that. That's something that I know Nate shared is something that he is working towards and and really keen to have. Um, and I guess I just wanted to to add a, a thought around that because I know one of the things that we talked about in this episode was about finding your own way outside of what everyone else kind of expects you to do and and believes that you should do. And I think that idea of going to college, getting married, having a family is sort of that. That blueprint, that roadmap, that kind of society expects us to follow, and if that is what you want, that is totally awesome. But if it is not what you want, that is also totally awesome. That you know, we all have different opinions of of what we want to. It's opinion, the right word, different hmm, ideas, views, dreams, maybe of of how we want our life to be, and if if yours doesn't look like that, doesn't follow that route, then. I just want you to know that that is totally fine you know I, I wouldn't want anyone to come away thinking like that I have to absolutely want that because you don't have to it's your life you can live it how you want and how you choose to and and maybe that looks like that and maybe it doesn't I, I guess that's the fun thing about being creative and being able to carve out your own route which admittedly can be difficult if you've got all the, that external expectations and those shoulds and family and <laughs> all of that but um I just thought that was really important uh, to say at the end. And and I guess the other thing I mentioned this at the beginning, that we're not in any way actually on the show prescriptive. It's always, and hopefully this comes across, that try out these ideas, try out these suggestions. They won't work for everyone. They might not work for you, uh, but they work for the guests that are sharing them. And there are things that do come up consistently and they come up in research data that, that maybe there's a reason, but it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you at this point in your life, that maybe it will work for you ever, but you know that's why we're very much non-prescriptive and just like try stuff out. Uh, and the same goes for for faith. We don't have any kind of denomination. I have my own personal beliefs, but I'm really always curious about other people's faiths, their backgrounds, their perspectives on the world. And I'm I'm totally fine with people coming on and, and sharing their faith if it's something that's really part of who they are and, and part of their life but never in a prescriptive, you also must 100% believe this kind of way. And I don't think that at all is what happened in this episode. But I just wanted to make that note that, you know, when when someone's talking about their faith and God or Jesus in whatever way that, you know, you could do a switch with the universe or any other deity that you may believe in or not if you don't have any uh, kind of religious in air quotes, or you know, that that kind of traditional beliefs in that way, that's there's also totally fine. I think it's so so amazing that we have um such a diversity, I guess, of beliefs and backgrounds and ideas. And I just really hope that this feels like a safe space for our guests to come on, however however, whatever they believe, whoever they are and feel that it is a safe space that they can share their experience without being judged and that for you guys listening, um it also feels safe that even if you don't agree with what I say, uh if you don't agree with what a guest says, that it feels that it's a safe space still to to kind of tune in and to think about different ideas and not feel that you have to, I don't know, go along <laughs> with everything. Um yeah, I, just, I guess that's just my, my big thoughts about what I want this show to be, that safe space, particularly when guests come on and share their mental health experiences because that can be such a difficult thing to voice and share. So it's, it's something I really passionately believe in and hopefully if you're still here, if you're still listening, that's something that you feel and I think that is one of the amazing things about the show um, and this kind of community. Uh, talking of community, we do have have had for a while a Facebook group called Creatively the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Community and to be honest it's something that I don't think I've really nurtured <laughs> that much Or uh, recently I think when I set it up a, a lot of friends joined it and then you know it's not something that I've mentioned um, and whatever but maybe that is something well I say maybe that is something that I'm, I'm going to be thinking about nurturing more that um, I think that the show and and you listening is something really special and I guess I just want to create a space where we can talk about things that we talk about on the show or we can support each other, be supported and and kind of have more of that connection. So if you are interested, if you're on Facebook, check it out, Psyche Mental Wellbeing Community, but you don't have to. Uh, I just really appreciate you just for just not the right word because that minimizes but I really appreciate you for tuning in for listening and for supporting the show for supporting me for supporting our guests Uh, it really means so much and I also really appreciate all of the guests that give their time so graciously and their experience to come and share with us Um, so massive thank you to Nate for joining us Um, and next week we have two more amazing guests lined up we are talking um what happens when your whole life kind of gets <laughs> up, upheaval? Uh, and then I'm joined by another friend actually on the show next week. Uh, so that's another really fun conversation. So please do join us again then. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, please do consider rating and reviewing. It really means a lot and helps us to reach more people. Uh, and consider sharing this with someone who you think would enjoy the show. That's everything from me. Until next week, take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.